0: There was a lot of times that I felt like giving up as well. Like I would get offers. I had a friend I developed some relationships out in the Bay area and a friend was a very successful commercial real estate guy. And he was like, okay, I'll bring you on. And that's a very lucrative job. So I could have given up on that to take the money. And this would have been, you know, a good life, but I didn't want that good to hold me back from what I knew my great was. So we all get these opportunities of these goods put in front of us. And that's the most difficult thing to get around is turning those down and going for what your goal is.
1: I'm on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. I'm ready for my close-up.
2: And welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet David. David, thank you for being here today.
0: Heather, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much.
2: Oh my gosh, coming at me from California. But you're actually an Iowa boy, right?
0: Yeah, born and raised in the cornfields of small town Pella, Iowa. So what I tell people is I live in California, but I'm from Iowa. So I have the roots, you know, you have the good Midwest roots. But then I was one of the smart ones to actually get out of Iowa. So, it's good to be from there, not a good place to live. So, yeah, you yeah, couldn't be rock. You couldn't
2: stuff. rock that necklace if you were living in Iowa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I couldn't rock a lot of things that I do, Heather. We have a, me and my wife have a Havanese puppy and it's got a stroller, it's got pajamas. Like, we fully embraced the LA dog scene and we took it back to the Midwest. Kid you not, people were giving us the weirdest looks. Like, what are you guys doing? A dog in a stroller? Like, let that dog run free. So yeah, I've I'm, 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 I'm kind of given in. To-
2: oh my gosh, that is hysterical. I like it. Good. You got you to gotta fly your freak flag. You got to do your thing. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about when you were growing up. Did you have a big vision for what you wanted to do, a vision for sports? What did that look like for you?
0: Yeah. So I poured every ounce of my being into playing in the NBA. I was fully convinced I was going to play. And now I'm 6'2", not that athletic, never once dunked a basketball in a game. So my parents probably should have said, you know, David, golf's a better option. Baseball, maybe try that out. But I was just dead set on playing in the NBA. So every waking hour is basically like, how can I get better? How can I make that level? And I got to play college basketball and basically grind my way to be able to do that. And then was was fortunate to play overseas professionally. But when I say overseas professionally, <clears throat> it's more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro type overseas where it's, They're more concerned about where the party is after the game than they are the actual game and putting in the work. And here I am putting in these two a days, this extra film study, like literally pouring my whole heart and soul into it. And then I'm in the second division in the middle of nowhere, Spain, the Basque region of Spain. And I get cut from this team. So just imagine like your dreams basically is, is a joke and then you get cut from that joke team. So I didn't have any backup plan either, Heather. It was all in NBA. So I get cut from this second division Spanish team and I go back and I'm living on my parents' recliner chair for five months and they're in Kansas City at the time. And I'm just licking my own wounds, like, man, feeling bad for myself. And my mom would always say these, these motivational inspirational quotes. And they're always like, you know, whatever mom in one ear out the other, never really listened to them, But she said this one. And I remember vividly when I was kicked back in the recliner chair she was doing dishes and she said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. I have no idea who she heard that from or if she made it up. But I was like, whoa, OK, that makes sense. Everything that I had been pouring into playing in the NBA, into all this I would poured into myself, was actually for me to be able to learn and then be able to teach others who had the more God-given abilities, the height, the athleticism. So at that moment, that was my life pivot where I was like, you know what? No longer am I concerned about playing in the NBA, I'm gonna coach in the NBA. So that became my mission. And it shows people that everything you pour into your life is not just gone if it's taken away, but it's to prepare you for an opportunity better, that's that's better ahead, that's going to come. But if you don't look at it as that way, if you look at it as like, woe is me, everything was taken away, then you play the victim mentality. But if you look at it, I learned so much from this, now I can use it for something greater. That's kind of my story of basketball and and how I pivoted.
2: One of the things that's hard, I succeeded in corporate America, made it to the c suite, blah, blah, blah. And then I got fired unexpectedly. And Mm -hmm. I definitely had that moment that you had, right? Like just laying down, feeling so badly for myself. It's interesting to hear the way that you frame it up because I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like, oh, wow, all of this that I've been doing now is leading me to this. I didn't feel like that. And it's so interesting. I wonder how you knew to position it the way that you did. Because for me, I just felt like for a long time, I was just in the darkness and I'll try writing a book. I'll try launching a podcast. I'll try TED Talk. Like I was trying different things. So how did you have that direction so clear to yourself?
0: Yeah, to be honest, it was basically because I loved basketball so much. And I was like, OK, how can I still be around basketball? What's the way to do it? And coaching was the only thing I could come up with. I wasn't going to referee. I knew I didn't want to do that. So I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm gonna try to coach. Now, I didn't know anybody in the NBA at that time. Since then, I've developed a lot of great relationships. And my uncle coaches for the Toronto Raptors. So since then, it's happened. But at the time, I didn't know anybody. So I was like, OK, how am I going to do this? I called Wrote a handwritten letter to every NBA GM, every single one of them. One of them got back to me. I was batting one for 30. It was the then GM of the Los Angeles Clippers, Gary Sachs. And Oh my gosh, contest- this
2: is so crazy. My mentor is a guy named Bob McCurdy. He was a, 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 used to be an NBA player. And when he met my son, and he and I worked together, we were good friends. He had the coach from the LA Clippers send my son a handwritten note and it's hanging in my son's bedroom right now. That's such a small world.
0: (laughs) Isn't that cool? And that makes a huge impact on your son. Just that little, that note, right? I bet. No doubt. So yeah, so me and Gary's conversation was, is, I mean, pretty normal. And basically what he ended with was if you're ever in LA, look me up, we'll grab coffee. Basically it was more like a, hey, good luck with the rest of your life. But I took that literally. So I booked a ticket to L.A. right then and there for the following week. Literally all the money I had used to book that ticket. So I prepared that week to go out there and have the meeting with Gary acting like I was out just out there. You know, I didn't want to look too desperate. And the meeting went great and it just hit it off. And and literally that relationship right there led to everything in the NBA for me. Gary, I even lived with Gary when I moved out to L.A. He was in my wedding. He's one of my best friends. And literally like that was it because... I was willing to take that risk. Like I could have went over 30, but nothing would have been lost if I didn't actually try to gain.
2: Wow, that I'm so proud of you that you just bought the ticket and went for it. I can't tell you how many times in my career Never done that thing, but I very similar when I wanted to launch a podcast, I wanted to get to the CEO of Podcast One, and I was out in LA, and I sent him a message like, oh, hey, you know, but again, just like you, pretending, oh, I happen to be passing by, and what's the worst that's going to happen? If they say no, they say no, but if you don't take that shot, you're never going to know what could have happened.
0: That's absolutely right, and so many people are debilitated by that fear of hearing rejection. But the rejection is just, it's not a, no, you failed. It's okay, on to the next. And if you don't take those shots, you are never going to see the fruit of taking those shots. So it's really a, we're living in a win-win situation. Right now, where you are exactly in this moment, you're in a great spot and you can only continue to gain if you take these risks and opportunities. But so many people are afraid of hearing that word, no, that they shy away from it.
2: Everything just kind of came together after that one meeting, or did you still struggle to build out your business?
0: Oh, no. So then, yeah, absolutely. So then I was like, okay, now I got to specialize in something because Gary was going to be my point of contact. But now I had to actually go produce. And I figured, okay, the only thing I could do in basketball was shoot. Like I could, I wasn't athletic. I couldn't do anything else. So I'm going to be the best shooting coach in the NBA. That's what I made my decision. I was going to find my little niche to get in. And it's like, okay, now I got to, let me find out who the best one is right now. And it was the shooting coach for the San Antonio Spurs, Chip England. So what I did with Chip is I studied him. Once again, I wrote messages, emails. I even traveled out to Las Vegas to NBA Summer League to get the opportunity to meet him. I had no idea if I was, but he he saw all that I'd been putting in. So he gave me some advice, kind of took me under his wing on that sense. And then I ordered some basketballs custom made from China with this line down the middle so you could see the rotation on the shot had it ordered to the Oakland Seaport. I was in Kansas City still at the time. I got in my car, drove 29 hours to the Oakland Seaport, put these balls in my car. And kid you not, for the next five years, I basically lived out of my car. I'd sleep in well-lit Walmart parking lots, anybody's couch who would take me in. And I was just doing a camp for anybody that would take me in. I'd start going overseas internationally. And it was five years of what people would look at as, as grinding, But even though I was enjoying it, like I loved it. So it wasn't really a grind to me. It was an exciting adventure and journey and seeing the world through it. Five years later, I'm in uh, Melbourne, Australia and I get this email, it says Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. I thought it was spam. I literally just about deleted it. I was like, there's no way. Next week, I was a shooting coach for the Brooklyn Nets.
2: Oh my gosh! And it's so interesting. So many people would have given up in that five-year window. I'm three and a half years into being an entrepreneur, and there's been so many times I I say, you know, forget it. I'll just go back to corporate America. You know, this is too hard. I don't know. The difference that I'm hearing from you is that you just genuinely loved what you were doing so much. There was never a doubt that this wasn't what you were going to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of times that I felt like giving up as well. Like I would get offers. I had a friend that developed some relationships out in the Bay Area and a friend was a very, very successful commercial real estate guy. And he was like, OK, I'll bring you on. And it was that's a very lucrative job. So I could have given up on that to take the money. And this would have been, you know, a good life. But I didn't want that good to hold me back from what I knew my great was. So we all get these opportunities of these goods put in front of us. And that's the most difficult thing to get around is, is turning those down and going for what your goal is. So I continued to go, even though people were like, when are you going to get a real job, David? I got I heard that so many times, especially from the Midwest, like get the nine to five, David, get the nine. Like, No, it's not where my passion is. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the journey through it and it it took a long time. And there's a lot of times where I wanted to quit or felt like, what am I doing but at the end of the day, like anything that you want to be successful in and success is, of course, in your own eyes, and your own definition is it's going to take time. If you get this this flash in the pan, this Instagram fame or TikTok, like it's going to go away. It's not withstanding, You've got to develop these roots through these long years of putting in the time and effort. One, one of my favorite quotes, Heather, is it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Like it will never happen. You have to build the foundation and take these 1% steps day after day after day. And if you can see your joy in the journey, it's just going to make it that much more fun and enjoyable along the process.
2: And that's one of the tactics that you speak a lot about is the 1% steps. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so it's basically looking at your big macro. So I call it the big, crazy, out-of-this-world dream goal. Set what that is. What can you see yourself doing? And for me now, just talking about it now, is is I see myself on stage in front of 100,000 people, sold-out auditorium. Now, it might be a Zoom auditorium, but who knows? But (laughs) so I have that picture of myself cut out, someone doing that on my fridge, so I see it every day. That is what I'm going to get to. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when.
2: It should totally be when, and you need to knock on our good friend Ed's door when you see him this week and say, Ed, what's up? What stage are you getting me on, my friend? Because he's on those stages. I just saw him actually, I think it was yesterday on Jamie Kern Lima's virtual stage, which was enormous. So I'm right there with you. We're going to knock on that guy's door.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. We share a mutual friend, Ed Milet, who is an amazing human being. So shout out to Ed. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so then it's about just working your way backwards, like what are your steps you're going to take? So at the end of the day, I always want to know that I I poured into the the needle movers for me to get to that spot. That's what I call my big three. So I have tools and tactics to be able to use to take these 1% steps. So my big three is at the end of each day, I have three things that I wanted to accomplish that I know is going to move the needle forward 1%, maybe even more. And if I can check those off and know I hit those, boom, that's a win the day. Now, if I don't, okay, that's okay too, because a lot of this, too, a lot of this, too, Heather, is about giving yourself grace. As you know, as high performers, as we want to just continue to grow, 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 grow. But there's no straight line to success. It's always up and down, but it's progressing upwards. And the people that don't make it are the ones who get out in what I call the pit. You fall into these pits, these areas, these seasons, these times of suck where it's miserable being in. But if you can embrace the pit. And understand that it's only sharpening you. It's only you're that diamond. You're the coal that's going to be even shinier when you come out the other side. Those are the ones who win. So that line to success is a wavy curve that's continuing to go up and up. The only way that you don't get there, I'm a a firm believer that the only way you don't get to what you want to do, unless, of course, it's something outlandish, like you want to be an NBA all-star. like There's certain restrictions that apply for that, is if you give up. Like you could, I genuinely believe if people have the work ethic, the drive with passion and purpose, you can achieve your goals just as long as you don't give up when it gets hard because it is absolutely going to be hard.
1: Are you tired of the stress and chaos of live launching? Who isn't, right? But if you've tried going evergreen, you know that's not the solution either. Hello, low conversions. So what's the answer? The circuit sales system is designed to make sales for you every single day while giving your audience all of the excitement of live launching without you ever having to live launch again. What would increasing your current yearly revenue by 40 times look like for you? Okay, nobody's making any income guarantees here, but that's exactly what Nikki did for her business when she developed her circuit sales system. The circuit sales system is the automated system that combines the best of both live launching and evergreen with none of the worst. Think high conversions and high predictability without the chaos or risk. Get the free on-demand video training at CircuitsSalesSystem.com confidence. Get the free on-demand video training at CircuitsSalesSystem.com confidence. and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands.
2: You know, you've worked with so many of, you know, the highest performers, athletes, most successful people what do you think really is at that core of success? Is it that you just don't give up that resilience? Is it the confidence to actually, you know, know that you have it within you? Is it the disciplines and practices that you have day to day in your life? What do you point to?
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of all those really. And it's finding what your rhythm is. But at the end of the day, it's what is your purpose? Do you have passion in your purpose? So are you doing what you do for yourself, for your own gain? If you are, it's going to drive you nuts at the end because there's never going to be a rung on the ladder that is high enough for you. You're going to be Steve Jobs who's dying on his deathbed and miserable, you know? But if you're doing it for something else, something bigger for other people, for the service mentality, then, then you will be able to get there because it's so much more valuable, not even just to yourself, but to, but to changing the world around you. So it's purpose with passion. But yes, the dedication, the desire, the drive, the determination, all of those Ds lead to this day after day after day that you have to put in. So it's, I mean, it's it's a combination of a lot of this. And, and you hit on confidence. And if we could point out one main thing that people struggle in, is their self-confidence. It's truly understanding that confidence is not about your results, is not about what the world says about you, these labels that we see ourselves as, but it's the true self-awareness of who we are and what we stand for. So I work a lot with NBA players and some CEOs, leaders, different athletes about how to develop what I call the unshakable confidence. And then I have a seven-step process that we go through that that really just kind of gets them to self-reflect and figure out Okay, even if I'm not successful, which is a word, a term, we could get into that too. Like all these words we hear, they like success, failure, rich. Like they only mean what we decide them to mean. Words are just words. And our subconscious has been taught what they mean. You know, failure, ooh, that's bad. No, really? Failure is a great way, probably the best way to learn and grow through failure. So yeah, confidence, like you have to have that basis of true self-awareness, confidence. Before you add anything else, that purpose with passion, and then all the D's that we talked about.
2: What are the seven steps that you take people through to find their confidence?
0: Yeah. So I'll name out the seven steps. And then if you want to dive deep into any one of them, just let me know. So the first one is confidence through comparison. And that was a lot of people think, you know, it's bad to compare. But no, that's what that's what MJ, Kobe did to Michael Jordan. You compare yourself with someone you see that you can be like, like I did with Chip England. So then you're starting to like, someone's been there before. Like, there's no, like, there's gonna be someone like for me, Tony Robbins or Ed Milet. Like, I'm gonna compare myself to them and I'm gonna learn from them. Second one is confidence through strength focus. Far too often we are told that we have to improve our weaknesses, up your weaknesses. No, we are giving God given gifts and abilities, strengths for a reason and purpose. You put those different strengths together to make this ultimate team. No great championship team was just a bunch of superstars it doesn't work. You have to have different pieces. So focus on your strengths, do your strengths better than anybody else. And like in the NBA, if you give me somebody who's good in all areas, they're probably not playing in the NBA, but if you give me someone who's great in one area, they can have a long, long career. And actually a guy that a good friend of mine, I grew up right down the road in Pella, Iowa, actually is Kyle Corver, one of the best shooters in NBA history. The guy can't really dribble, move, defend or anything, but he can just shoot the cover off the ball and he's still able to play in the NBA. So that was two of the, uh, the third one is confidence through redefining vocabulary. And this is where we're talking about what success means. What does rich mean? What does, so for athletes, I always talk about slumps. People go through slumps and I'll always ask my players, when was your last shooting slump? And, you know, I can see their body language just crumble, you know, like, like five games ago, I just couldn't make a shot. And I don't know why they don't go in. Then I'll ask them, when was your last shooting hippopotamus? And I'll wait for the response. And they'll look, they'll look at me crazy, like, Dave, what are you talking about? But what I'm showing them is this word of slump is just a word, self-created the definition of it through what the world has told us. We can detach from that. We don't have to actually look at slump as a slump. If you look at it as a shooting hippopotamus, you laugh at it. You, you know what, you feel that that it's okay. It's okay that I'm going through this. So detaching, redefining vocabulary and just focusing on the process through it. Like that's something so cliche to say, it's like throwing culture around there. Focus on the process. Yeah, but what does that actually mean? And what that means is the results, you're never gonna get to the results if you don't focus on the process solely. If you focus on the results, it won't happen. So it's taking what your day-to-day is for NBA players, a have a player with the Toronto Raptors. He's, his two great shots are catch and shoot three-pointers and attacking the rim in transition. All we do is we count how many opportunities did he get in those. If he got 15 opportunities, great game. If he missed them all, that's okay. He's put in 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 hours that those are going to happen. So it's all about focusing on the process. The fourth one is creating your own personal highlight reel which is basically your best moment. For NBA players, it's pretty easy because I can cut up their clips and I have them watch it every morning when they wake up before they step on the floor for practice and before they step on the floor for the game. So you're living in this moment where you were at your best. Most people think, oh, that was lucky, you know, flash in the pan. But really that is, you've been there before. You can get there again. Like for myself, I have a picture of myself on stage in front of this big Fortune 500 corporation right when I walk up my stairs in the morning. So that's I see that right away. Like this is me. I can do this. I've been there before. I can get there again. And so it's all about seeing your own highlight reel and continuing to watch that on repeat, developing the muscle memory in these mindset tools of seeing yourself there. And then you live in that. The fifth one is confidence through pouring into others through the service mentality is through giving once when you decide that you it's not about you when you step in a room it's about the people around you takes a lot of pressure off you you know and there's a an nba player is one of my favorite nba players in all time who i kind of looked up to when i was playing is steve nash and when steve nash was playing he led the nba in high fives given per game they take all these kinds of steps high fives given 239 high fives a game He was called the best teammate anybody's ever played with because he was always encouraging, positively pouring into others. And we can all be that type of person in our life. Like you can be encouraging Zoom high fives. I send out three text messages every morning or video messages to people I might I might not have talked to for a while and just encouraging them in their journey and their mission. And the response that I've got from that has been life changing. Sometimes people like I just I needed that so much. Oh, my gosh. Right
2: now. That's such a great idea because everybody needs it. That's such a great idea.
0: Yeah. And we can be those people. And when you are that person, people really take to that. So you can be that encouraging. You can be given those zoom high fives. The sixth one is confidence through a Q word. So I'm big on having mental cues. It's kind of like that movie Inception where there's the top spinning and whenever they see the top, it kicks them back into a level of a dream. Same thing if you have a word you have this word that you say over and over and again, it kicks you back into everything's okay. You're even keel. You were this confident person that you've built up to be. So with players, NBA players, I'll have one guy's is unshakable. One guy's is process. Like it's different words. You keep repeating to say, and it kicks you back into that state of mind.
1: Dot .com and enter vip that's cbdistillery.com and enter vip at cbdistillery.com not available in Idaho, Iowa and South Dakota. Well, I just want
2: to I want to interject on that. So that's yeah. actually I was a psych major in school when I was a kid and you know there's this thing called Pabla's Law which is When you ring a bell enough and then you feed the dog after you ring the bell, the dog will begin to salivate when you start ringing the bell, right? So it's essentially what you're teaching these people is this word is going to cue a feeling. They can immediately snap back to it. And I actually, personally, when I have something big that I'm doing, I have a playlist that's like my keyword, right? I turn that on and I only listen to it when I'm going to do something big. So immediately my mind goes to in the zone, I'm about to go crush it. I'm going to kill whatever I'm about to do. And I get so fired up and it works every single time.
0: That's so awesome. That's great. I love that playlist because that is it too. Like you find your rhythm, you find your energy from that. Like I'll still play my walk up even when I'm not on stage, we're not on stage speaking. I'll play my walk up music before I get on a Zoom call, before I get on a Zoom company talk. It's just like, yeah, that is your juice, you know, So that's awesome. Yeah. And then to wrap it up is really the, the seventh one is confidence through preparation. So what it's what I call relentless consistency. And that's the best compliment that I can ever get from anybody is being relentlessly consistent, showing up the same way every day, no matter what's going on in my life, coming with joy, positivity, encouragement, serving others. And then it's just the preparation is where we gain confidence from. It's the 10,000 hours rule. I'll tell the play, like when they say they're in a shooting slump, I was like, okay, how many shots have you shot in your life? I don't like 25,000 plus. like I think you've prepared for it. If you've taken a test 25,000 times before you step into that test, I think you're going to gain a lot of confidence from actually being prepared for that. So there's a lot of confidence in the preparation that we put in. It's what I call relentless consistency, doing it day after day after day.
2: Love those. They're so good. All right, now I want to get to the book, Pivot and Go. And you know what's interesting is you talk about routine, having a morning routine, you have a nighttime routine. I do not have routines like this. So David, I need to learn from you. Give it to us.
0: Wow. I'm actually surprised. Like as high a performer and driven as you are routines is where we, I mean, that's 80% of our days are basically habitual. So I try to set up my routines for the most success of winning the day that I possibly can. So for me, setting up my morning routine, like I want to make sure that I get to three main things. I'm really big on the big three. And there's a lot of things that I'll do in my morning routine. I keep adding more and adjusting and same with the evening routine. But three main things that I know if I hit them, boom, I'm good to go. Like I know the rest of my day I can take on. So starting with the evening routine actually because that sets up the next day. People don't understand that the evening routine. So I have a shut off time. I always have a shut off time me and my wife to have intentional time together. Especially in the Zoom world we can just get overwhelmed and like just keep working and keep working. So I'll set a shut off time. It'll be it we'll say out closing time whenever closing time is for that night. And then we'll have something that we're doing together. Some type of activity, maybe it's a dinner we're cooking, but something to just kind of relax and recharge cuz Our days are so packed in for a lot of us. We have to have that recharge. Without that rest and recharge, the next day, you're going to be like that iPhone that you that you wake up with and it wasn't plugged in. It's at 20%. Like we want to be fully recharged. So and and then in the evening, we'll just we'll have our our time before bed where we're praying together. We spend time together, just you know, thanking, saying the joys for the day. We'll go over the things we're excited for. So just really going to bed in a joyful state. We'll we'll write out, actually, write out and my journal and her journal of anything that's on her mind. So we know we don't have to go to bed with a racing mind. It's it's there. It'll be there tomorrow. We don't have to go to bed with it. So that's kind of the big three for the evening. The morning, I always start off with an ice cold shower, three minute ice cold shower. One reason I do that is a, is a term in my book. It's a chapter I call it mental dictatorship. So I, I traveled like I was talking about with these NBA players and doing camps and Whenever somebody didn't want to start something, I'd start the stopwatch to see how long it took for them to actually be like, okay, their mind overcomes their body. And it was on average about 17 seconds. So think about that. If you want, if you don't want to work out, just start, start for 17 seconds and you'll be, your body will be, okay, I'm fine. So I do that for the ice cold shower. I hate getting in there, hate it. But after 17 seconds, I'm fine. And I know that throughout the rest of the day, anything that comes my way, I can get through it. I've already gotten through this thing that already sucks. And then I'm really big on my, my morning coffee. I, it's, it's my praise and worship and coffee time. I'll have praise music going on. Just get me in that light mood, that energetic, positive mood while I make just amazing coffee. And then I'll, I'll sit, kind of watch the sunrise when it's coming up because I get up early and I'll, I'll journal. My journal will be I'll spend five quiet minutes, just five minutes alone not saying anything. I'm not meditating or anything. I feel like if anybody says they're meditating for an hour or two hours, they're probably BSing you. It's incredibly hard to even sit for five minutes alone. Most of the time I don't even make five minutes. And then I'll write out my, like I talked about my big three, my joys. I'll have some kind of scripture that I'm reading that day that I'll, that I'll dive into. That'll be, so my morning routine's about 30 to 40 minutes. Then I'll go hit a workout and I'm in with my day. I know my big three and I'm just boom, boom, boom. Everything's scheduled out for the day.
2: You talk a lot about the importance of sleep, which I feel like is something that, you know, we we forget about. It seems so simple, but it's not something that I prioritize. You know, as I'm going through your work, I'm realizing it's clearly a priority for
0: you. Oh, big time. I can tell the difference. Now I track everything. So I got the Aura ring and I'm tracking. I'm seeing what my sleep scores are. But I can see I can absolutely wait for
2: people feel. for people that don't know what that is. Can you explain that a sleep score?
0: Yeah. So the aura ring or whoop band and you track your your sleep score. So it's basically your recovery rate. It'll track your HRV, your heart rate variability, your deep sleep, your REM cycles. So, you will know, like, where's your sweet spot? Now, it's really it, it's really fun, but it's really hard to kind of like really get it down to a science. I also use the chili pad, which goes underneath the mattress. You don't feel it, but it cools your body to the temperature that you want it to be at. And ideal sleeping temperatures between 57 degrees Fahrenheit and 65, you get better deep restorative sleep through sleeping in the cold.
2: Does that pad really work?
0: Game changer. Like, honestly, I have the pad. I have the blanket. I kid you not when I'm on the road and I don't have it. And I, my body starts getting hot. Cause our body gives off a lot of heat during the night. Like I wake up and I know I'm not recharged when I sleep with this, when I'm at home, like I almost love this zoom time because I don't have to travel as much. So I get more time sleeping in my own bed on this. I feel just absolutely higher energy to the max.
2: Oh, I'm so getting this. I, I, I'm going to report back on this one.
0: Yeah. I'm telling you, like I, this is one thing I, I swear by.
2: We'll see if my sleep scores go up after this.
0: (laughs) Okay. Let me know. Yeah. But yeah, sleep is just like the, the recovery, the recharge, the rest. Often people think work, and rest can't go together, but it's like a wave. You have to ride each part of the wave. With the work, you have to have the rest. And life is, I like to say, life is a marathon ran in sprints. We go hard for a while, then we recover. We go hard for a while, then we recover.
2: You know, that analogy is the same in business. You know, when I think back to in sales, you go through a building phase where you're ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, and then you plateau for a little while because you're trying to manage all the new business that you have, and then you start ramping up again. So that, that is so applicable in life, in business, in sports, you know, in everything. And that's a great visual for people to hang on to because it does allow you to cut yourself some, give yourself some grace.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love that word too. give yourself some grace. Like we all want to make things happen. Now we all put so much pressure on ourselves. Just learn to give yourself grace and laugh at yourself. Like in, in difficult times, just laugh. You're here. Like you've been through every difficult thing that you've gotten through. You've gotten through. You're going to get through the next thing. So just give yourself some grace. It's okay. I call it the full plate mentality. I mean, you wake every, wake up every morning with your plate is full. It's full. Everything you're going to get to that day is on that plate. And it's okay if you don't get to everything you think you need to, then it's leftovers. So it's a full plate mentality that you wake up with every morning.
2: I love that. Tell me, who is the book Pivot and Go for?
0: It's really focused on people that are going through stuck feelings in their life that really can't feel like, you know, that just like, how do I make this next step? Or how do I get on to this next thing? Because pivot is a basketball term where you have the ball and the whole defense is around you. You can't see the hoop or any of your teammates and you make this small turn not a big change. Big change is daunting for people, but the slight turn and then everything opens up. That is a pivot. So it's, it's for people who have felt stuck, feel stuck. It's just kind of funny. Like I hear pivot all the time now because to some extent we've all felt very stuck during 2020 or 2021. So right now, like I don't like to say the book is for everyone because maybe it's not for everyone, but everyone has felt that stuck feeling at some point.
2: Oh, my gosh. I hear it. I don't know if you're on Clubhouse, David, but I'm on Clubhouse a lot now. And every time I hold a room, those are the questions I'm being asked. What do you do when you're stuck? Have you ever felt stuck? I mean, it really is. So it's a popular challenge that I do believe the majority of people are dealing with. So the book is for everyone. Pivot and go. Where can everyone get it?
0: Anywhere books live. Amazon on my website, DavidNurse.com can get the ebook you can get the audiobook and I have to put up with listening to me talk through the whole thing which is hey, a that's the biggest labor of love if you did the audiobook, you know it's it's a lot of time hearing yourself talk is difficult but yeah and then i have a podcast the pivot and go podcast and i do a, a breakthrough blueprint in depth coaching for individuals who are very into self-development pouring into themselves so that they can go lead and pour into others so yeah, and, and then on Instagram, David Nurse MBA, Twitter David Nurse MBA, and or just come out and hang in the marina.
2: Of course, you got to include MBA on there, and I'm so proud of you that you did. So thank you so much, David, for being here. I will put all the links to David's information for the book Pivot and Go, for his website, and for his social media. David, keep up the great work you're doing. We're going to be cheering you on.
0: Heather, so blessed and thankful for coming on this podcast with you. I really appreciate what you're doing for everybody. So thank you big time.
2: Thank you, David. Hold tight. We'll be right back.
1: I decided to change that dynamic. I couldn't be more excited for what you're going to hear. Start learning and growing. Inevitably, something will happen. No one succeeds alone. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'm on this journey with me.